With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Warning. The show you're about to hear has been prepared by some of the best talent in the industry we could get. For the money. Do not attempt this at home. Doing so would only expose just how useless and brainless these people really are. If we didn't give him a job, he'd probably be dead. It's the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome to Tuesday morning on the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. And if you missed any show last week, the week before, year before, decade before, grab them all right there at WRQK.com. You can follow along on social media on X and Facebook at Stansberry Show. Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Dan.Stansberry there. And your studio is textable at 330-450-7625. There's also the microphone talkback button if you happen to listen live on iHeartRadio. Easy ways to reach out to the studio. Now, that number you will need a couple of different times today because, well, it's 745. I'm going to get you into Avenged Sevenfold. You'll have to forgive me. I haven't really I haven't looked up when that show is again yet. I haven't I haven't gotten that far into my morning, but I do have tickets for you. And also at 845, I do have a set of tickets for Creed. I'll have tickets for both shows all this week. And uh we'll get you hooked up with those Creed tickets 845 this very morning. It is Tuesday, so at 9 a.m. I'll give you New Tour Tuesday. This, if you're newer to the program or just have never heard it. What we do is play you new stuff, vote accordingly, and again, you can text in your vote at 330-450-7625. And we'll take a listen to a few things today and figure out if they're any good, including, is this Keith Wallen, Headspace Holiday? This coming up at 9 o'clock. I like the beginning. Little 90s feelings. Nothing wrong with that. I just can't seem to catch your break. Always the one I love to hate. I just need a way out. I think I need a headspace. That's Headspace Holiday from Keith Wallen. We'll give you the rest of that for New Tour Tuesday, 9 a.m. Also, new Lainey Wilson. Country's cool again, she claims. Let's take a listen to that. Oh, a little twangy. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound bro country, not pop. And watch now as everybody hates on it for that reason, because it's too twangy. Oh, yeah, that's, that sounded a little bit more old school. I was born in boots on humble ground. These kind of roots, yeah, they sure don't grow out. Yeah, even in a guitar town, my crooked draw. She's been doing a good job in Yellowstone. Show stuck in like a bomb. In a metro city crowd. Hold me, oh my, how things have changed. 
they changing? And I can't believe my eyes these days. Everybody wanna be a cowboy. Drop a jumper with a John Deere. Yeah, she's kind of singing about, you know, the, uh, you know, the in and out of style and that whole thing. And country's kind of cool again. I think she missed this song idea by about four years. Um, country has been, since I've been in the radio business, it's been the most successful music style there is. There are more country music radio stations. There, It is more palatable for most people. Most, A lot of people might not like country music, but you're not going to be morally opposed to it. It's not like one of those kind of things. That's why you'll hear it in a lot of businesses. A lot of overhead speakers will play it because it's like, all right, it might not be your favorite thing, but it's you're normally not going to be morally opposed to it. But I think she missed the idea of country's cool again by a couple of years. But we'll take a listen to the rest of that Lainey Wilson. Then, buddy, you know what else I have for New Tour Tuesday? I have new Ace Freely. We'll take a listen to this, Walking on the Moon. Just kind of leaning into that spaceman thing because Ace has one gimmick, and that's it. And he's going to ride it out until he dies. This is the album that was supposed to make Kiss look like fools. So I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Because, like, Gene and Paul do a pretty good job making themselves look like fools. They don't need Ace's help with that one. Not really. No, buddy. It's, it's been a steady dose of disaster for you, buddy, since like 1981. You made my heart be faster. Oh, my God. I'm feeling from another land. You're always Ace, buddy, what are we doing this for? I'm feeling when you touch my hand. And I'm in ecstasy. Yeah, that didn't work. I know this world to me. <laughs> new Ace Freely, New Turd Tuesday, 9 a.m., buddy. Can not wait. Looking forward to that. It is Tuesday, not Monday, but we will still sit down and talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. The Cavs look like they're pretty good. Also, Brown's free agency is right around the corner. You know what you're hearing a lot about these days? The fact that they might move off of Nick Chubb. Remember when I told you that two months ago and everybody told me I was the number one idiot and hater alive? Yeah, there's more and more articles about it. I remember saying, it's $60 million against the cap your quarterback hits next year. It ain't going to be dudes you never heard of. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be Nick Chubb and David Njoku, who I suggested. I just figured those are pieces that teams will definitely be like, oh, yeah, man, I want me some of that. And you're not letting go of Miles. Like, you're not doing that. You're stuck with the quarterback at least now until you find a trade. So it ain't him. You don't have any wide receivers that anybody's really dying to come and get. So who do they want? They want your running back and they want your tight end. And I think you can maybe see those again, since you can find value at those positions deeper in rounds of drafts. Now they need draft picks. That's kind of what the Browns need. So we'll talk to Scott about all of that coming up at eight o'clock. Cause like I said, I read four different articles yesterday at like legitimate places where people are like, do get ready. Nick Chubb may be on the move for the Browns. I don't want to see it happen. I think people got mad at me because they thought that's what I wanted to happen. It's like, no, 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 no. I just think that could happen. And we'll talk to Scott about that, see what he thinks about that. We'll do that coming up at 8 o'clock. Here's what's next on the Stansberry Show. All right, guys, get ready to wipe out your browser history because apparently local porn searches are going to skyrocket today. I'll explain why next.
on the Sandsbury Show. Kind of funny you can listen to him on your smart speaker. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. The Stansberry Show. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. On Rock 1069. 7.45 this morning, I'll get you hooked up with Avenged Sevenfold tickets. That show's March 9th, right around the corner on that one. Saturday night? That's not bad. I may have to go to that. We'll get you hooked up with some tickets at 7.45. My hot streak of gambling came to an end yesterday. Now, it was supposed to come to an end, I suppose, on Sunday, but the Daytona 500 rained out on Sunday, so they raced yesterday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I'm guessing because they wanted as much time for the track to dry out as humanly possible. And I had bet Denny Hamlin. I don't know this sport at all. I, I, I'm a casual, at best, NASCAR viewer. Um, I watch NASCAR the way a lot of other people will watch any other sport. It's like 35 laps. All right, a little Shawshank on TNT. Oh, go back to the NASCAR race, 35 more laps, a little more, more, more Shawshank, right? That's kind of how I do that. Um, but the Daytona 500, I've said this about wrestling. Dude, if you get me to your Super Bowl, I'm going to watch it, right? Like, I'm going to watch that kind of stuff. Um, and I like NASCAR a little bit more than people who hate it, right? Um, but I have been out of the loop. I had been a Kevin Harvick fan traditionally, and I didn't realize he had totally given up the racing, and he's now in the booth. Uh, I think that was his uh, first time calling the 500 yesterday. It was not my favorite, if I'm honest, but he may get better at it as the time goes on. Uh, I bet Denny Hamlin plus 1,100 to win yesterday, and Kyle Busch plus 1,400, meaning $100 would get you 1,100 or 14, respectively, for each driver's odds on winning the race. I also bet Joey Logano to win the chase for the Cup. I have him winning the Cup Series this year, Joey Logano, a ticket for that. And I have a Kyle Busch ticket, too, because, well, I clicked on the wrong thing and, and, and bought the wrong ticket. I had a great shot all day yesterday. Uh, Kyle was running really good. Uh, Denny mostly in the back most of the time, uh, but he I had said that was going to be his plan. Look for me at the end of the race. I'm going to be in the mix. And sure enough, he was. He had been in the mix, of course. You know, Daytona, a lot of crashes there. So, you know, we had some cautions, some stuff like that. Um, and uh, actually, Kyle Busch, I felt like, got robbed out of a win maybe by a really bad pit stop, uh, not having the wheel fully secured there. Uh, he was, I mean, dude, he was screaming yesterday. Uh, and I, of course, was rooting for that, right? $1,400 win, that would be big. I would, I would, I would like that a lot, but I, uh, I did not get that win. William Bryant, Byron, I believe is his name, uh, won. I think he was plus 1800 A listener of mine actually had that ticket. He was laughing at me this morning. I woke up to that. He was laughing at me, tagging me in it, <laughs> telling me, ha-ha, you bet Hamlin. Ha-ha, you bet Kyle Busch, the guys that raced up front all damn day. Ha-ha, I bet a guy who was racing in the back of the pack, and after 40 cars were wrecked, he won. <laughs> Right? Like, it's like, that sport's crazy. As a matter of fact, if you haven't seen, I'm into like the behind the scenes type shows, that kind of stuff. Um, Netflix dropped their NASCAR uh, version of that. It's only five episodes. It should have been longer. Um, it's just, maybe I just enjoyed it and, and I'm looking for more of it. But Denny Hamlin in that said that NASCAR is a lot like golf, that you can be killing it. And I mean, killing it in your career and you win 6% of the time. Like, that's how difficult it is to win in those sports. And I do seem to like solo sport. I like watching a little tennis. I'm not completely versed in it, um, but I like watching tennis. I like golf. I like NASCAR. I think I like that 
you're standing out there on your own. You're kind of doing it. There's no, now I know these days the golfers talk about the teams and the caddies and all of this, but at the end of the day, you're out on the course. You have to hit the nine iron. I know, you know, the pit crew and all that. It all matters for sure. It does. But who's doing 186 miles per hour, three inches apart from the other drivers? You guessed it. It's the driver, right? And it's kind of that whole thing in the moment. Yes, you rely on teams, but in the competition itself, you're kind of on you there. I think I like that. I think I like that. I think I, 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 as much as I like the NFL, NBA, some other team sports, if you drop a touchdown pass for Mahomes, now a great quarterback doesn't win. You just, you might just, you might be a great receiver. He might be throwing to a great one, but you could just be a receiver, right? Like a guy. And now all of a sudden, if you drop a ball, now this legacy thing is kind of effective. Where in that, in golf, in tennis, in NASCAR, it's kind of like, nah, dude, you screwed. I mean, yes, the pit stops and all that, it can come into it. But while you're out there actually competing, it's kind of on you. And I think I actually like, I think I like solo story like that. Um, I love the NFL, so it's clearly not the only thing I like. So I think some local porn searches are going to skyrocket today. Because adult film star Cagney Lynn Carter passed away at the age of 36 years old. Cagney, obviously, I don't believe her real name, had committed suicide. She was found in her apartment Thursday. This here in Ohio, Parma, Ohio. Uh, The Cuyahoga County Medical Examiner's Office received her body Thursday, according to TMZ. An official with the police department told the outlet that Carter had died by suicide. Uh, The adult film actress began her career in the mid-2000s, moved to L.A. from Ohio, uh, back to Ohio from Los Angeles is what they mean to say here, back in 2019. Uh, She had opened a pole fitness studio. Those had gotten kind of hot for a little while. I think COVID kind of rejuvenized that, um, where it was like, we're going to whip ourselves into shape by spinning around on a pole. It is hard work. Um, as a person who had dated a woman who danced and like invested in her career, she called it, um, and bought a pole for her living room that she could put up to, to like practice at home. It's like the amount of times I watched her fall learning those pole tricks, like it ain't easy. Like we can laugh at it, like whether or not it's a, whether or not it's a workout class, right. Or what, what it's masquerading as we can do that. But whether or not it's difficult and takes strength to hold yourself up there, that cannot be denied, right? So she apparently had been back in Ohio since 2019. A GoFundMe has been launched. Uh, they're looking to raise $8,000 for funeral expenses. My guess is money, much more than that will come in, as it already has. Uh, we do have a quote here. Unfortunately, despite all her many impressive accomplishments and talents, Cagney struggled with mental health issues as the years passed by. Even in her darkest days, however, she still showed up to the studio, always ready to learn, contribute, better herself in whatever small way she can manage. As alone, she undoubtedly felt within the confines of her own head, she continued to make an effort to show up for her friends and the community who cared about her. This is one of those unfortunate things about being a almost celebrity. And I know that sounds mean, but it is true. It's like nobody cared about Cagney Lynn Carter opening that pole studio at all. Most people didn't even know it was a thing. I bet most porn viewers who watch her videos didn't even know she was from Ohio. But she died. And so now all of a sudden she gets skyrocketed to the top of the pile and everybody is kind of kind of way in here. And unfortunately for this woman is, what is everybody going to do? They're going to talk about her career choices. And people are going to hit the very easy button of, well, 
you made your bed, now you're going to lie in it. Which, of course, is a little, well, unsavory, if, if, if we're going to be honest. But I don't think we can just look at people who say, maybe like myself, who this line of work isn't great. Now, I know she hasn't been doing it, right? She hasn't been doing it, right? I think that's what it could have been happening. But she knows she did. She knows she did. And so when people suggest that people are doing things that are, is not coming from a good place, just shouting that down over people having their own truth and they're, you know, blazing their trails and this and that, like maybe not. Maybe that's not what's happening. Now, plenty of people in my industry have committed suicide. Plenty of people in my industry have committed suicide. So I can't just make it about pornography. But what I can tell you for sure is, did some of those people in my industry commit suicide because they had deep, serious regrets over the fact that they took their personal life and laid it in front of a train for everybody to drive over it every single day? Well, the answer there is yes. You're never too old for a good morning kiss. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. It's 330-450-7625 to send a text to the studio. You'll need that number at 745 to win your way into Event Sevenfold. That you'll call for. Also, 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New Keith Wall and new Laney Wilson, new Ace Freely. This came in off the text line, by the way. That new Laney Wilson sounds a little Miranda Lambert-ish. Yeah, I could hear that a little bit in there. Laney's song is uh, Country is Cool Again. We'll take a listen to that. New Tour Tuesday, 9 a.m. A lot of this job is about prediction. And I always say I will never shy away from strong prediction, ever. I don't expect, my, um, I don't expect myself to be 100% accurate while predicting. Right? I'm human. I'm going to get things right. I'm going to get things wrong. It can happen. Right? And I like the victory lap when I'm right. You know? I enjoy that. I'm also willing to admit when I have been wrong. I probably haven't done it every instance I've been wrong, but, you know, I think my track record's pretty good. And one area where I've been a little wrong here is the movie industry. Like, I've screwed this all up. In COVID, I thought, well, it's over. You're the middleman. Nobody needs the middleman. More and more movies are coming straight to just press play on my remote at home. People got 70-inch TVs and sound bars and all this stuff. The at-home viewing is better than ever before. Sports has been kind of dealing with this problem as well. I said, it's over. You don't make anything. Movie theaters seem to be doing okay. As well as they were in 1989, probably not. They're not extinct. They've kind of figured out a new model. Diehard fans will come into the theater, then we'll put it out in streaming, and we'll kind of get everybody there, right? I also said I believe people are going to rush right back into physical media. Once you take it all the way away from them, they're going to freak out, man, and they're going to realize, oh, no, I gave something else away. I want it back, man. And I just read this morning, we may talk about this later or even tomorrow on the program, that Best Buy now. Yep, removing all the physical media movies out of their stores. I don't know what they're going to sell anymore. It used to be where I went to go buy the headphones I'm using to do this show. They won't even sell them in the store anymore because they plug into something. And nobody needs that anymore. (laughs) So yeah, I had to order this set online straight from Sony. 
because nobody sells them in the store anymore because nobody wants them for anything anymore, except for people who have this job like me. I've been kind of wrong about this movie thing. But we all kind of felt the dying off of some of the superhero movie type stuff. Now, you don't have to be a genius to predict this. Something burns that hot to the sun, get ready, there's going to be a flame out that happens. It's not totally here. The Batman did pretty well at the theater. They're making another, I think two more. Long, it goes against everything I said about movies too. Like, Jesus, dude, three hours? That movie was long, and I enjoyed it. I bring it up because now apparently a, what we call biopic, has been released at the theater, and it's outperforming a superhero movie. So places like Variety and Page Six, which are like the original TMZs, they're all talking about how this is a major shift in movie making. And this is a shift now in audiences, in viewing. The movie that's outperforming it is One Love, the story of Bob Marley. Now, I've said plenty and plenty of times, I am not a reggae person. Put a pin in it. We're going to get to that here in a second. But apparently the Bob Marley biopic is beating Madame Webb. Now, I think this is what it has to do a lot with, or this has a lot to do with it. I think people know the superhero franchises. Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Batman, Robin, Superman, The Joker, Wolverine, Black Widow even, The Hulk. You know what I mean? Captain America. You know the franchises. But they ran through a lot of that kind of stuff. Iron Man, when it came out, like even everybody who made it said, nobody at the studio thought we were going to have anything on our hands. So they gave us a bunch of money and told us, go away and make it. And he killed it, Robert Downey Jr. did, by the way, as Tony Stark, not as Iron Man, which is why I believe that movie did as well as it did. Right? But we've gotten a little too far down the path now in these, like, niche heroes, which I think are perfect television shows, maybe not theatrical releases. I think it's a lot to do with that. Beyond that, I am not surprised even a little that the Bob Marley movie's killing it at the box office. Every article I'm reading here is talking about overperforming. I guess my expectations would have been a little bit higher. I get pushback on everything I say in here, and I mean every last thing I say in here, somebody somewhere is upset about it. Let me tell you, when I trash Bob Marley, whew. I mean, you'd think I murdered somebody's children. People love him, and that's my point on this. I think what people want out of the movies now, and have forever, not now, forever, we want storytelling. I've told you, I am not a reggae fan. Like, I hate this. Jamming? Hate it. Hate it! This sounds like audio diarrhea being forced into my ear. That's what it sounds like to me. You know how I sound to you? Yeah, that's how Bob Marley sounds to me. Now, if I'm drunk in a bar, and we get to the middle of this one, and I've had too many drinks, am I going to be sitting there in my chair going, Could you be loved? 
loved. Yes. Like, that's probably going to happen if I've had too many drinks in the middle of the day at a bar. That's probably going to happen. Yeah, I'm probably going to sing along with it. I'm never going to go out of my way to listen to that in my car. Ever. Would I do that? Just not going to happen. It's not that I hate Bob Marley the man. That's actually why we're talking about this. I just don't enjoy the sounds that it makes. But why I think Bob Marley's doing well at the theater, and this is for sure part of it is, Say what you want about Bob, and God knows I've said plenty. I do think we have one thing in common, too, if you add the marijuana into it. But the second thing in common would be authenticity. People tell me all the time, oh, dude, I hate your views. I hate the way you look at things. I hate, but but you're authentic to who you are. I believe you that you believe what you're saying, and I like that. That's authenticity. And I think Bob Marley had that in spades. For sure he did. And his life was interesting. His story is interesting and worthy of a tale. So even though I don't like jamming, and I hate jamming, I mean, I cannot freaking stand jamming. It makes, honestly, it makes me want to jam sharp things into my ears. I cannot stand it. But I want to go to the theater to see this movie because it's about the man. It will be about the music, and I'm going to have to roll my eyes during some of it. like, oh, my God, dude, this song sucks. Everybody thinks it's good. But it's like, dude, no woman, no cry, end of career, right? And, like, you can kind of wrap it up. But that's how I view it. The story is worth telling. And so I'm, it's worth it to me to sit down and watch it then at that point. We've just reached the end. It's not, it's like, it's, we've just reached the end of the superhero thing right now. Give it a couple of years, maybe a year, two and a half. Here comes another character people didn't think could be a blockbuster, and then you'll get another one. But I don't think this is about the fact that people, it's not as much about the fact that it's superhero fatigue. It's like, no, dude, this is Madame Webb. I'm willing to bet most people listening to me this morning are hearing Madame Webb for the first time right now from me this morning. That's your problem with forcing it into the theater and putting it up against Bob Marley However, I may see him, that man is a musical icon for most people, and there's a reason why. His story was worth telling, so it's worth seeing. To all the teachers who said he'd never amount to anything. That is correct. Lucky guess. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I have Creed tickets for you, 845. You win your way in. That show's got three doors down on it, too. That's a pretty good night. That's not bad there. That's just like four hours of, hey, I know that one. I know that one. Oh, man, I forgot about that one. Did I know that one, too? Just the freaking hit parade. We'll make sure you get in 845 this morning. All right. We talk relationships a lot on the program. It's because most of you are in one. And if you're not, most people would like to be in one. Now, there are, of course, people who don't, right? And there are plenty of people who say they don't, but in reality, we know they would rather be. Everybody's out there. There are people who are happier alone. There are. There are also people who are lying to themselves about the fact that they're happier alone, and they're going to realize that one day. It's true. It's true, too. And then there's some of you that just got it figured out in high school. was like, this is my person. I'm staying with them. We've been married. Four kids. We're good. We're golden here. Everybody exists. Exists. Sorry. But it can be tough out there, you know? 
I hear a lot of my buddies who are divorced or maybe never been married, and it's kind of like, well, we don't go to the bar as much as we used to now, and we don't get together with other people as much as we used to now. All my friends got married, and they kind of moved on without me, and it's just I'm the weird elephant in the room. If they invite me, that person exists too, right? So a lot of people will rush to what? The phone to try to find somebody else. I understand it. It's not for me. I've said it plenty of times. But a buddy of mine who I know listens every day met his wife online. And if I took you to dinner with them, you would look at those two and go, relationship goals. But if I told you, well, they met on this app, you'd go, oh, I don't know about that. They do have a little bit of a reputation, right? And it's because they're all out there trying to do the same thing, and some of them are lying about what they're trying to do, right? So, like, you got ladies on Tinder talking about how I need a nice guy, and if you're looking for a hookup, just move on. It's like, well, take that to eHarmony where it belongs. This Tinder. Trying to get herpes up in here. (laughs) Right? Like, that's, that's what Tinder's for. That's what that's for, right? And there's dating apps all over the place now. A world full of people that don't want to be put into a category. Man, do dating apps kind of disprove this, right? Farmers only. Black lovers only, this person. I mean, there's literally a religion one. I forget the name of it now. Is it Halos only? Is that what it is? I don't know what it is, but but it's something. God, for a nation full of people obsessed with talking about how we're all the same, it's like, man, do you guys like to be sectioned off and only go date the person you want to be dating, right? I've said there's nothing wrong with that. You can be accepting of all things, but who you sleep with, you should be a little bit more strict on and what you're attracted to and what you're not. Like, don't let anybody make you feel weird about that unless it's against the law for crying out loud. I bring it up because something tells me this dating app I'm going to talk to you about is going to be seen as like the bad one. It's called the score. And the score's requirement is you must have a credit score of 675 or higher to join. And people are going to feel looked down upon. And you're going to hear about the elites, and they're out of touch. But nobody listening to me today should walk away thinking that a credit score of 675 makes you elite. It doesn't. It will be positioned that way, but it doesn't. So I figured this would be a good exercise for us while talking about this. Credit scores. I have the microphone and you all do not. So I guess what I should do is tell you what my credit scores are. I'm pooling these from Credit Karma. I can tell you that when I ran my my mortgage loan application, they came back and told me, dude, your scores are actually higher than what that app is telling you. Sometimes they'll be lower. A lot of times, and they told me this. They're like, hey, by the way, if you're leaning off your, your credit Karma scores, just understand that they can come back really low or they can come back that much higher than that. That's, those are, that's not necessarily dead proof of anything. But right now, as I look, my TransUnion score is like 751 and my Equifax score is about 775. So many of you listening to me right now with a 500 credit score have more money in your bank account than I do. Credit score doesn't always tell you about financial, like what you have at your disposal. But what it does tell you is about responsibility. There's no denying that. 
Because having a decent credit score is about doing what you're supposed to do, paying more than the minimum amount due, and never making a late payment. I used to be so bad at this because I had the money and I was just lazy and I don't feel like putting checks in the mail. This and those before online payments. And then, yeah, technology, as much as I bitch about it, it's made me a lot better about this because it's like I don't even look anymore. It's like I know it's just coming out of the account. Great. And the payments are on time. The company behind the new app states that users will not see your credit score. And your credit information will only be used to qualify potential users for the app. They want a baseline of who's allowed on this. We need to take the conversation to areas where finance isn't traditionally discussed. That's Luke Bailey, co-founder and CEO of Neon Money Club. Quote, before you can educate people, you need to get their attention. With SCORE, we're bringing the conversation to dating. More and more people are asking these kind of financial questions, early end dates, first, second, third date. What kind of money do you have? What's your savings account like? What's your credit score? I think it's a little early for my personal liking. However, how many of you got married and didn't know how much debt the person you married had before you got married? A lot of you did that. A lot of you did that. How many of you are dating somebody long-term, have no idea how much money they make and how much money they owe? Because in this country, it's considered to be uncouth to ask. It's improper to ask. Or was. But people are going to look down their nose at this. But what I'm going to say is, I'm told every single day, in every article I've ever read, every study I've ever read, tells me, There's a handful of things that break relationships up. Lack of intimacy, lack of conversation, finances. That's it. Now, I know I just told you the credit score doesn't tell you how much money you have. No. No. But it can tell me about your level of responsibility. Can is what I said there. Can uh, tell me. For anybody that's upset about their 400 credit score and it's somebody else's fault, right? It can tell me about your responsibility. I was making all, I was making the same kind of money I'm making now. And my credit was in the trash because I just didn't care enough about getting my life in order. Do you know the amount of apathy it takes for that to be true? It's ridiculous and saddening when I think about it. It's okay now. I got everything back on track. Got the money I need, investments. I got credit scores. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine because I have a job. <laughs> like, they'll watch me get fired. But I'm seeing a lot of pushback online about this. Oh, you can't do this to people and blah, blah, blah. There's good people with low credit scores. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. But if I can section any other group of people off and I only want to take a look at these people while I'm dating on apps and we full on allow that, then I only want to take a look at people who responsibly pay their bills on time versus color of skin. I got to be honest with you. That's the better. That's the better way to rope people off. If you want to limit yourself away from other options, then limit the ones who, who, who don't handle this well. Now, somebody in a relationship is usually better than the other one in, on money. My dad was a little too willy-nilly, spent a little too care. My mom was a little too tight. They kind of needed somebody in between them. One was too, one was too you know, hands in the air. One was a little too like, no, 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 we don't have a penny here. They were both a little wrong. Somebody's usually better than the other one, but birds of a feather kind of flock together. And I'm not surprised responsible people want to date responsible people. 
I'm not surprised by that even a little. It's cool when you get up and you feel instantly connected to the world. The Stansberry Show. I don't know what it is. I got him on every morning. On Rock 106.9. It's 330-450-7625 to send a text. You can also find me on Facebook at Stansberry Show. And I'm being flooded now with people taking screenshots of their credit scores and sending them to me. The reason is we had been talking about The Score, which is a new dating app that is all about your credit score. Now, they say they're not going to show your credit score to anybody else. That what it is is just to set a baseline, and you must have a score of 675 or higher to join the app. Uh, The new app comes, as they say, 25% of couples say that money is the biggest challenge they face in their relationship. Huh. Um, that number feels low to me, um, and I'd be curious what the other 75% of people in this survey said it was. I'd be very curious to see that. They did not tell me. Fidelity Investments uh, Biennial Couples in Money study released in February found that while 9 out of 10 couples say that they communicate well, more than 45% admitted privately that they argue with their significant other about finances at least on one occasion. Okay, so... Here's the thing. Nine out of 10 people feel like they communicate well. I feel like too many men were in that survey. Um, that's, that number sounds very high. Very high. For a nation full of people that tell me they're not listened to or heard or respected, nine out of 10 people say they communicate well feels very high. That feels to me like I want this to be true in my relationship, so I'm going to tell the interviewer, the survey taker. I could be wrong. I, I that, that could be projection, I guess, maybe. But I just, that number feels pretty high. And again, 45% of people admitted that they argue with their significant other about finances, at least on one occasion, if not more. Well, yes. And it's because I've been right about money all along. That it is the most important thing in the world. No, love is. No, you're right. Once you're at home. Once you're at the dinner table, you're right. And those are the values I want you to be passing on to your children at the dinner table. You're not wrong. The problem is, is that we've been having the argument inaccurately. What I've been meaning to say forever is the world looks at money as being the most important thing. It's like the thing with people, right? Like I say, case by case, person to person, they're great. You start putting people in groups. Once you start using the word society, then people are out the window, right? It's like, all right, the experiment's over. They're not any good. And it's the same kind of thing with money. Say, yes, person to person, love matters more. But what does society, what what does the world, what does your boss require out of you? To think that money and productivity are the most important things in the world. This is true. You were dropped off on the planet. Somebody had to pay the day you were born. Somebody pays the day you would die. It's going to come up a couple of times in between. So to pretend that this isn't going to be an issue in your relationships is crazy. It's as simple as who pays on the first date? War the roses, man. Like, I mean, we've been having this argument my entire life. By the way, it's shifted more than a couple of times. It was always the man always pays. Then it was like, nah, women can pay now a little bit. And then it was like, back to this, back to that. Yeah, a little bit, go Dutch maybe. Right? And we've done this like nine, ten times. Everybody argues about livable wage. All of these things. 
We obsess about money everywhere we look. Except for where we put our genitals. Isn't that weird? Now, maybe what I just said is, yeah, man, because the genital partner actually is more important. So you start chasing another feeling versus, well, analytics. Okay. All right. I believe somebody who makes a ton of money can marry somebody who makes no money. And you can be very happy. But there will come a time where some resentment is going to build. Does that mean you take that resentment out on the person? Does that mean it drives you away from one another? No. It's on the person who's starting to feel resentful. Like, all right, man, like I kind of knew this going in. I should have not, you know what I mean? Like I got to work on this. This is about me. Or it's about the fact that somebody's taking advantage of you because you have money. You know those dudes standing behind their women, hugging them from behind while they pay for the Starbucks. (laughs) Right? Like everybody knows. Just sweatpants, stains running down them. Thanks, Bay. Thanks, Bay. Like, we all know that person, right? We all know that person. I'm not surprised there's a dating app popping up for this. I'm not sure the credit score tells you everything about people. As a matter of fact, I know it doesn't tell you everything about everybody's finances. It can tell you a little bit about responsibility, especially these days. Like, if you don't have the money to cover the bill, then you don't have it. And that's a separate conversation. But back in the day, my credit score was abysmal because I had the money. Like, we used to get paid in third-party checks a lot, right? I make money more than one way. The company pays me, yes, and then obviously there are client relationships, and they get, they used to just pay you directly with checks. Now it goes to the company, and it gets right, that that way we can track everything, right? Okay, fair enough. But for years, man, I would have just stacks of checks on sitting on top of my dresser, and I just wouldn't take them to the bank. I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. Stuff would be late. I'd miss a payment. Just being lazy. Online banking fixed a lot of that. If you have the cash and you're not making payments on time to get the credit score fixed out, fleshed out is what I mean, then that's kind of on you. And it will tell me something about you. What else do you take this lightly? My time? My patience? Are you the same kind of person who's going to be late to every damn thing? I I think it does come into it. Money will come into it. Although I'm just not sure 675 is the baseline of like, okay, now we're in the land of milk and honey. Or does it tell you what they have in their account? Because it doesn't really. Like credit scores can work like this. There's a multitude of factors that go into it, but one of them can be your credit limit on your credit card. The system I went through and got put through and to get my life turned around is like, you got to make sure you don't maximize more than 30% of your credit limit. So if you have a limit of X and you charge over 30% of that, that score is going to drop pretty drastically. So actually what they want you to do is raise your credit limit on your credit card, and then that will help your score. But why is that? Because they want you to spend the money. More people, when you lift that ceiling and give them more to borrow, oh my God, I'm doing better than I thought. Look at all this money they'll let me borrow. Next thing you know, here come more casual purchases, impulse purchases. I used to be really guilty of that. Really guilty of impulse purchasing. And so then if you go over that 30%, they're going to ding it. 
So the credit score doesn't tell you how much money you have. It's about how you're handling your day in and day out life, which I don't think is all, which I do want to know about. I do want to know that. One in four pointed to money as the greatest challenge in their relationship. Well, if you're very competitive with your partner over it, then yeah, that can be a little bit of a problem, right? Um, If you're jealous over how much money your partner makes versus what you make. And like that can be tricky, right? Because you really shouldn't be, depending on what your jobs are, you really shouldn't be jealous of your partner. You need to be mad at where you work. I kind of deal with this sometimes where I'm like, wait, what? What they do is beg for money. What I do is make people millionaires. Why the hell am I grinding out a goddamn living at this? Right? And like that. And so like it can be, it can make you hate the person in your life, but that's the wrong person to be mad at. The person you need to be mad at is down the hallway at your office, but you're not allowed to be mad at them. Otherwise, they're going to replace you with the next person who would be mad at them. And you know what that conniving trickery is called? The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I'm sitting on these Avenged Sevenfold tickets. I'm going to get these passed out just a couple of minutes from right now. That show's March 9th, Saturday night, Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse. We'll get you in. We had been talking a little bit about dating apps. They're very popular now. Which I'm almost surprised by, right? I mean, we kind of turn social media into dating apps, right? Um, they, you know, people kind of get hit up in the in the DMs is where it goes down, right? What do they say sliding in there was a big phrase and all that. Um, so I'm almost surprised that these uh, dating apps can thrive, but they do. And we were talking about a new one. It's called Score. You have to have a credit score of 675 to enter. Now they say they're not going to give your score to anybody else. It's just about setting a baseline. And we've seen plenty of these Christian mingle farmers only black lovers only. I mean, like we, for a nation full of people that don't want to be put in boxes, man, through dating apps prove how wrong that really is. Right. There's just, you know, there's some of them everywhere. Now let's be honest. I think a lot of times at farmers only it's some suburbanite going, all right, let's go make fun of the yokels a little. All right. That for sure happens. Um, but you know, a lot of people are hooking up on these. A lot of people, my buddy met his wife like that and they have a great relationship, at least on the outside looking in, right? The few times I've hung out with them and the dinners we've been to and things like that, they look great, right? There's no one way to happiness. It can, it can come a lot of different ways, different strokes essentially is what I'm saying there. Right. And, uh, but I, I see some people being critical of the, uh, of the score one. It's because people feel judged when for being, not as well off, right? People feel very judged by that. Um, and we are a money obsessed society. Um, maybe now more so than ever. Like people talk about the eighties all the time. It's like, guys, it's worse now. Like we got 19 year old influencers telling dudes, you're a bum. If you don't have a Ferrari by the time you hit 19, like people's perception of what getting money is and how easy it is to acquire is like, it is just craziness right now. So we are kind of talking about that. And now we're going to have to go backwards to a conversation we had last week. Addiction. Yeah, that got hot and bothered, man, because some guy was willing to admit that alcohol, cocaine, all of these things, pornography, technology, social media, all addictive. The marijuana he smokes all day, every day, he's not addicted to it. <laughs> like that's, that's very funny, right? I bring this back up because the popular dating apps like Tinder and Hinge, are now being sued over the fact that they're addictive. Six different plaintiffs in states, including New York, California, Florida, are all now arguing that dating app parent company Match Group gamifies the services to, quote, 
transform users into gamblers locked in a search for a psychological reward. And that the parent company makes elusive on purpose. Now, one of those hinges is actually mentioned here, and I believe they have the same parent company as Tinder. Hinges, um, like advertising hook, I know what it is because I actually thought it was a pretty good idea. The app that's designed to be deleted, that's them, right? I'm pretty sure that's Hinge. Great slug line. Like, great tagline for a company. But they're boldface lying to you. Of course these companies do this. It's a social media algorithm. It's going to work just like every other algorithm. At least partially. They need users. So if you find love there, that does not help them. Now, if you're just looking to hit it and quit it, you're very big for Tinder, right? Because you found somebody to have sex with, but now you did that. So now you need to go and find somebody else to have sex. You're creating their user base. I would not expect these companies to have my best interest in mind. That's like saying, oh my God, Pepsi cares more about my waistline than they do selling me the sugary water for the money. No, they don't. No, they don't. They prioritize the sugary water and the profits sold off of it versus your waistline. And how they look at it, and I'm on Pepsi's side, is you want this thing. You don't need it. You want it. We know how to make it. We have made it, and we will not stand in your way if you want it. The only barrier between you and your want is this money we have placed the value of our product on. Give us the money. That's the business. You're a customer. People say it all the time and it's true. If you don't pay for the product, guess who the product is? It's you, baby. Like, that's how it works. Again, you're thinking to yourself right now, well, I don't pay for you and I consume you. Yeah. And in a lot of meetings I have, you're referred to as the product. That's unpleasant, right? I probably shouldn't do that. I probably shouldn't admit that, right? That's unpleasant. It's the reality. That's the way it is. That's why I've said about social media companies, dude, I know what's happening here. I know, look at what they're, I know what they're doing, baby. I know what they're doing because it is the radio business model applied to another product. That's how I've known all of this along. I was like, oh, oh they taking that Godsmack algorithm, baby, and rolling it out and all kind of stuff. Look at them. Look at him doing it. That's exactly that's exactly how I knew. So I'm I'm shocked Tinder isn't trying to make sure I'm in love. No. Nothing could be worse for them than you being happy. Those things are profitable because of how miserable we are, and they're profitable because of people cheating on their wives and husbands and whatever the hell it is. That's what makes them money. You being in love doesn't make them money. You think that business became a business in somebody's like bedroom it's like second bedroom because they cared about whether or not you walked down the aisle like i love all these lawsuits that come out for these companies it's like what people are doing is raising their hand and screaming i am stupid i didn't know this going into it i mean probably like, i'm dumb i mean like literally you'd have to be dumb are they using the same kind of techniques gambling uses? Absolutely to keep you hooked. For sure they are. You see it a mile away. 
I'll tell you the bigger problem with dating apps. It's not the fact that they're addictive. It's the fact that they're compiling all the kill and putting it on one dude's doorstep. That's the problem with dating apps. Is that it has it's extended high school. The cool kids are slaying on the apps. Well, the kids who got picked on are now more miserable than ever because they're just staring at the phone waiting for somebody to swipe right, and that swipe ain't coming. Because you don't have the jawline. You don't have the cleavage. You don't have this. You don't have that. Why do you think people hooked up in bars forever? Because they were drunk. <laughs> you can look past all the stuff you wouldn't look past when you're looking at a photo online. In the middle of the night, drunk off your mind, a little too much Jameson, like, yeah, you'll do. And people got together and slept with one another. Shopping for, for beautiful people? The average person? Most of us are not good looking. We're not. We're average. You might not necessarily be bad looking, but most people aren't good looking. They're just kind of there. NPC, people will call it. And the Henry Cavills are out there on Tinder just absolutely slaying because somebody went out of their way to compile all the kill and put it in one place. That's the problem with those apps. Forget the fact that they're addictive. It's what it's doing to dating pools is, I don't think, ultimately going to be real good for everybody involved. I do have these event sevenfold tickets. Let's get you those now. I'll take caller 15 at 330-450-7625. Toll free at 800-243-7625. That's how you're winning your way into event sevenfold. And we'll sit down and talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. He's a man of many talents, but he does not have the talent for keeping quiet. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Shout out to Marky Brumbaugh out of Canton. She won her way into Event Sevenfold. She was happy about that. She actually knew who Marky Post was, too. <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, you mean like Marky Post? And she was like, yeah, exactly. Wow. I haven't heard that name in a lot of years. Night Court for anybody who may now remember. I do have a set of these Cree tickets. By the end of this hour, we'll get you hooked up with those. Normally, it's Mondays at 8. We talk to my buddy, Scott, from winningfornextyear.com. But I was out yesterday. So, Scott, joining us this morning, you can find him at the site winningfornextyear.com. You can find him on X at WFNY. Scott, my man, how are you this morning? Doing well, man. Coming off a uh, coming off a long weekend. Broke the sticks out yesterday, given nice. how sunny it was. Uh, nice. Yeah, just for the range, just for the range. But hey, that's we're we're marching forward here. Yeah, well, the range is where is where the good swing is made. <laughs> you know what I mean? The sw- the good swing is very rarely made on the fifth fairway. It's normally on the range. So uh, I'm a little jealous there. I haven't gotten. I went to the golf show this weekend, but I have not swung my uh, my clubs as of yet. This is normally the part of the sports calendar scott where it's like all right little doldrums here um you know obviously the nfl season's over and you know this is more a football area than it is basketball but the cavaliers man red hot i mean 18 of 20 this Cavs squad looks like they might be the real deal right yeah i mean they as long as they stay healthy um you know jb's got the rotations down pretty pretty soundly um you know, I, I don't think, even though Darius Garland came back prior to the All-Star break, I think he's still trying to, you know, get get back to where he was, which which is fine. Um, I think that the break is going to be pretty well-timed, and, um, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to health here over the final 30 games. I know we call it the back half, but it, it really is kind of the back third uh, with the way that the, the basketball season lays out. So it's, it's fun to be a Cavs fan. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're playing like one of the best, if not the best, the team in the East right now. 
and uh, hopefully the break didn't stunt any of that and they can keep going. Are they Eastern Conference Championship game worthy, do you think? Are they that good? They're contenders. I mean, it's okay. impossible to not call them contenders. Um, I like that. What you're, what you're, what you're going to run into, um, you know, Boston is kind of in a class of its own right now uh, okay. as it pertains to the East. The second seed is going to be very interesting because there's going to be a lot of jockeying, um, and not to make this whole segment about basketball, but the, the two seed is going to be very important because you're going to want, um, you know, the, 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 the other side, for lack of a better term, to have your, your, your Milwaukee's and your Phillies and your, you know, when, when Embiid comes back and all that kind of stuff, right? So there's going to be, uh, there's going to be some, you know, some very important games that this team is going to have to win. If they can get that two seed, they are they, they have a really good shot at uh, at making the Eastern Conference Finals. If they get the three, um, you know, or you know, or, or worse, the four five, where you're going to have to play Boston in the second round, that that that's going to make that a lot tougher. So you know, I'm going to reserve reserve judgment on that. But okay. they they right now uh, certainly have a have a path. They just got to keep playing the way they've been playing. All right, well, take me out to Goodyear, man. I got the Guardians out there, pitchers and catchers and all that. Like, uh, you know, we got a new manager this year, and I got to tell you, <laughs> expectations aren't all that high. I saw a couple of people saying the other day they'd be lucky to win 75 games. Um, I, I personally hope that it won't be um, that. That feels like a long summer. Um, but you are coming off an all-time manager in Tito. And kind of handing off the reins to a newcomer, not new to baseball, but new to the job itself. Um, and look, everybody starts somewhere, right? I had to start somewhere. Everybody gets their first job. What do you think we're looking at all season long with the Guardians there? Is it, are they going to be at least, maybe not, this is the question I want to know. The record I'm less obsessed about, am I going to be watching competitive games in, maybe they won't win them all, but are they going to be competitive in games I'm watching, I guess is what I want to know. Yeah, well, 75 would be pretty depressing because there's there's an old adage that every team wins and loses 60 games. Right. And it's it's the it's the rest of them that really determine uh, you know the outcome of the season. So if if they only win 15 of the rest of them, that it could be it could be a long summer. Um, you know the the silver lining here, Dan, is going to be their the the front office's lack of doing anything this off season. And sort of saying, hey, we're gonna let we're gonna let some of these kids, you know, fight for fight for their their roster spots going forward, means that there's gonna be a lot of 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 effort and trying very very hard, right? Okay. Like think of think of that season where like Estrubel Cabrera came out of nowhere, right? Because they didn't do anything in the off season and they kind of let these kids play, and they suddenly became pretty fun to watch because you had some of these guys you may not have heard of before suddenly do do some pretty big things so there there's a chance that happens right there's a chance that they're all just lifelong triple a 4a kind of guys and then we're we are fighting for those those 75 wins like you mentioned um the good news is you know if tristan mckenzie can stay healthy if shane bieber you know who by all accounts has you know elevated his velocity a little bit over this over the off season like there's some stuff to be said about the arms i just don't even they got to score runs and when you are at the bottom of the league in in home runs, you have to facilitate you know hits you know more often than not. And if these guys can't do that, it's going to be a very long season. But willing to give them a shot because you know young talent is fun to root for. 
But uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be putting your uh, your AL Central ticket on the uh, on the guards this season. No, I uh, I bet the guards to win the Central last year. It did not pan out. Um, I, my guess is they will have long odds to win the Central this season, as most people do not see that happening. Talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Now, I'd be crazy not to talk to you about the fact that we're headed up into uh, you know NFL free agency period, and when your season ends the way the Browns season ended, normally teams make massive swings am i heading into a, a roster not necessarily overhaul but are they going to look to make a splash in free agency do you think i doubt it um you know and i i know fans aren't going to want to hear that because we have spent the bulk of 20 something years counting on the draft and free agency to make this team better um yes. you know they you know what i mean and that's you know this is this is the perils of being a good team um, you know, if we were the Chicago Bears, we'd be talking about two or do not keep Justin Fields and what do you do with the draft picks and all that kind of Hail stuff. The and, crier, here he comes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know we're not really used to that. Um, and I, and I get it. But, uh, you know, there, you know, just like last year, there's probably 45, 46 of the, of the, of the 50 something roster spots already kind of spoken for given the way this team is structured. Um, so they may make some moves on the periphery. Um, I know there's a lot of fans who want, you know, for a variety of reasons, for them to potentially look at guys like T. Higgins. Um, you know, I, I just can't see him doing it. But if, if they were to figure out a way to make it happen, hey, I'm not going not gonna to bat an eye. But I'd be very surprised, especially the early round of free agency. Think of last year where they kind of let the first wave go through. Yep. And then suddenly it was like, oh, Juan Thornhill, cool. You know, right? Like that was, I think that sort of, so that's going to be kind of the, the, that's going to be the, the, the path they take this, this year. I know the salary cap's going up, which is great for a team with salary cap constraints. But that said, not a lot of positions on this team up for grabs. So they're going to have to be very, uh, selective with, uh, with, with how they make those moves. Talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com, and you and I and most people have realized now that the NFL is looking to get much more international, so much so that there's going to be a game played in Brazil this year. The heavy rumor is it's Browns-Eagles. I guess first, what do you make of more international NFL games, and do you think it will be the Browns-Eagles? Is that going to generate the interest internationally? What do you make of all that? Well, it's, it's definitely going international. Um, you know, that it, you know, started obviously England, yep. uh, had some Mexico, you know what I mean? We're, so it's, it's going to continue to Only grow. expand. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if the teams matter, um, as much as the spectacle of, of the NFL, the, the NFL has been able to make football in England attractive with Titans Jags. Right, like I mean, they—it's not—it's not exactly you're not you're not exactly putting the the Super Bowl teams you know over okay. there. So, you know, I think it's just hey, get fans, get the allure, um, you know, see see how it goes. And I I think you're going to see a lot of that. And I think you're, they're just, they're just kind of going to go ro- rotate through the teams, just so it's not overly unfair. And I think it's probably just the Browns' turn at this point. And and don't forget, I mean, there you're you're looking at Browns Eagles. Those are two playoff teams, right? Yeah. I mean, so. If, if those two teams, you know, are arguably, you know, two of the top 15 teams in the league, you could do a lot worse. So I, you know, the bummer is I think it's going to take away a home game, um, you know, if, if, the sta- if the schedule shakes out the way. So this would have been a, uh, a home game for the Browns, which, which kind of sucks. But otherwise, you know, I think this is going to be the way the future is, um, you know, 
we'll probably get into talks about air quality and things like that when you talk about Brazil. But you know that said, I uh, you know I mean that's what they had during the Olympics if you if you recall. Um, God, I forgot about that. you know so you know sending your teams down there to to breathe in burning tires is probably not the best. But that said, um, I I think you know the, the international aspects of it are going to be. They're not slowing down anytime no. soon, and this won't be the last time the Browns are playing overseas. No, I would, uh, I would absolutely agree with that. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Buddy, we'll talk Dome Stadiums next week on the show. We'll do that Monday at 8. How's that? Sounds good, man. I, uh, I, uh, if, you, if, you, if you listen really closely, you can hear Austin Hedges' glove popping from Goodyear. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I... Yeah, man, as, uh, as we get... As we get a little further into that, we will uh, we'll have more in-depth questions for you on the guards out there. Backup, backup catcher bobblehead day at the, at the stadium coming up here in, 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 a, in just a few months. So, God, I love you, dude. You're too funny, man. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk again next week. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks, as always. Find Scott on X at WFNY. Scott, you can find him at waitingfornextyear.com. And again, Monday at 8. It'll be right here on the Stansberry Show. I am sitting on Cree tickets, and by the end of this hour, I'll get you hooked up. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. New Turk Tuesday starts at 9. I got new stuff from Ace Freely, part of that. Also, Keith Wallen, Laney Wilson, too. 9 a.m. will get that kicked off. Earlier, we had been talking about dating apps. And uh, there's a new one on the... Uh, that's going to be released. It's called score. And you have to have a credit score of six seventy five to join. And, uh, people are critical here. Um, because people don't like when you say, I only want to like hang out with people who have the kind of like credit score I have or money, anything financial. Like if you want to stay amongst your own there, it's awful, right? It's awful. Um, think, you know, country clubs with the golf, all that. It's somehow it's awful. Right. And, which I can't understand why. I think most people kind of find comfort amongst their own, right? That's kind of one of those things. Um, now, there are plenty of reasons to mix it up out there, right? Um, but I can't be shocked that people who have shown a little responsibility are looking for a responsible partner, right? And the credit score will not tell you how much money you have in your savings account, but it can tell you um, whether or not you handle paying bills responsibly, Right, it can tell you that. And we kind of talked about dating apps overall. John texted in 3304507625, met his better half on an app. They've been together 10 years. And I said, "Well, yeah, I mean, there's a million ways to get together." You know. No right or wrong way, I suppose. It's all going to be about what works for you. I mean, some of you are on your fourth marriage and now you feel like you got it right. And I hope for you that you do. You know? Um, you know, every now and again, you got to, you know, you you live and learn is essentially the system there. Uh, but I brought that back up because money is at the center of everything. It really is. A lot of us want to deny it because we know we're never going to have any of it. <laughs> and so like realizing that it's at the center of everything and we're never going to have it is depressing. And so we go into denial and out come the statements like all you need is love, right? Built out of denial there. And I also saw here that they wanted to ask these people, what would you splurge on if you became rich? Like, what's a rich person thing that you would splurge on? You know, so many of the answers, by the way, were automatic bill pay. 
Like just being able to set them and have them, the bills paid. I don't believe that's a rich person thing. I don't. Now, I know there are going to be people who cannot set their bills to pay like that because they're not bringing in enough money and they're going to absolutely feel judged by me. But I don't think that's a rich person thing because most people I know do it. And most people I know aren't rich. Now, there's a difference between rich and wealthy. Yes. I know a few people that qualify as, you know, both, actually. I I know people in both groups. But most of the people I talk with, hang out with, you know, spend my time with, they're not rich. They make a halfway decent living. And what I mean to say there is three years ago, what they make is a halfway decent living. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> it isn't anymore. 125 a year is the new 40K. Look around. <laughs> that's the new 40K, baby. That's the, that's the way it works. That's the way it works now. I'm not shocked people are looking to stay together. So splurging, what would you splurge on? And again, automatic bill pay. I don't see that as a rich person thing. I don't. Preventative health care. Okay, now most people, myself included, go to the doctor when something's wrong, right? Oh, my God, the check engine light's on. I better get go see the mechanic, right? Like, yeah. Um, now, I probably have enough money for preventative health care. Um, I guess... Sadly, I don't value myself enough to worry about it. You know, Um, it's like I would imagine people who don't open their bills because they can't afford them. It's like you don't want the bad news. I think maybe that's why I probably don't go see a doctor more often than I do. Right. Um, But access to better health care, if we can take the word preventative out of it, better health care. I think a lot of people would splurge on if given the money, maybe not even for themselves, but everybody knows somebody who has got, you know, this disease or cancer or my kid's kind of going through this and it would be so much easier if we had a little bit of money. So splurging there on on healthcare, I, I totally see. There are people in my life who have serious medical issues and if you gave me a bunch of money, a lot of it is going to be flooded at that. Like help this person, help other people like this person. Let's do this, right? Let, let's kind of Let's kind of do that. A lot of people said getting massages or self-care days. All right, so like relaxation, um, a lot of people would spend their money on. Massages make me uncomfortable. I've done it in Vegas a couple of times. Um, they can, you know what I mean? They can relieve stress. They can do all that. It's I feel like I'm putting people out. It's not, oh, my God, there's somebody touching me, and is this sexual? And, oh, my God, happy ending. <laughs> like, I'm not one of those. Like, that's not what it is at all. Um, but I, I will lay there with the towel around me going, I'm not important enough for this. Like this is, you're taking time out of your day just to rub my back down. Like I sit down for a living. What the hell am I doing this for? Right. Um, and so like that just, that feels like splurge is a good word there for how I look at that because it just, that that's self-indulgent to me. Now it's okay to be self-indulgent. Food can be self-indulgent, and I'm definitely guilty of that. So it's not necessarily bad. It's just I, I just feel uncomfortable by it. So I'm not sure that would be like my rich thing. Um, many people said I would like to hire a stylist. If I had money and I could, didn't have to care, I'd worry. I'd like to hire a stylist. I want to look better. 
will look better, feel better, feel better, perform better is kind of a thing. Um, we all, if we dress better, would be perceived differently at work than we are. We would be perceived differently by our friends groups if we dressed better. Um, now, age kind of comes into play. I remember my brother, seven years older than me, told me one day, one day you're not going to care about fashion at all. And I laughed at him, and I'm literally sitting here in a plain blue $11 sweatshirt. He was totally right. <laughs> like he, he was totally right. I should probably put my uh, a better foot forward in this if I go other places. Just to the studio, it's probably fine. I probably don't do a good enough job of that. Um, you know, if I'm going to a meeting, going somewhere else, you know what I mean? I will dress up a little bit, but I probably don't have the wardrobe I need to be able to do that on that pace. I would probably, uh, a stylist would be great going on multiple vacations a year. Yeah, I, I, I would travel more for sure. Um, it's one of those things that you don't realize how much you like it until you really start to do it. Um, you don't know how much you learn until you really start to do it. Um, and it makes me sad sometimes of the great places I've been and thinking that I won't go ever again. Instead of being happy I went, I find myself going, that's really sad. Um, as a matter of fact, when the Super Bowl got announced in New Orleans, I texted two of my buddies. I said, save your money, we're going. I said, I haven't been since pre-Katrina. I've been looking for an excuse to get back to New Orleans. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've been to... Every kind of sporting event there is, playoffs, all kind of stuff. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I want to go. Start saving your money. We're going next year. I don't know if we will or not, but like, yeah, traveling. I, I've been everywhere in this country. International travel would absolutely be at the top of my list, splurging on if I came into some serious money. Retiring early was another big one on the list. Um, I think it's okay to retire early as long as you do some of the other things that you want like traveling, like playing a sport, like riding the bike, like working out like this, because once you stop, you die. Like, that's just it. Once you stop, you die. I've told this story before. There's a guy I know, he's in his 90s, and he plays golf like five times a week. And I asked him once, I was like, dude, you're 90-some years old. How are you doing that? And his answer to me was, I never stopped doing it. I didn't put it down for 25 years and then tried to go back to it because I got late in life and I wanted to, like, you know, get young again. I never stopped playing. So my body just goes, this is what he does. And my body got used to it. Okay, it was an interesting way to look at that, right? And, uh, and, and I do think there's some truth in that, where it's like, once you stop, you die, right? My big splurge would be this. I would hire a personal chef. I, I cooked all weekend for the Daytona 500, and I did all And I don't necessarily hate it, but it's not my strong suit. It isn't. Plating is what I'm worst at. Like I can make you something you may want to eat. You may not want to look at it. Um, that's a whole nother art form in that. And I would like to be able to eat somewhat healthy and yet still taste very good. And personal chefs can do that. Absolutely. That's one of those things I'm very jealous of, of like celebrities. Give me a, a live-in personal chef, not live-in. Let's have a let's have a spare bed. Let's have a spare house out back. Let's do that. And I don't want you in my house. Let's not do that, right? <laughs> so like, uh, but like that and a a personal trainer slash personal chef. If I could get both of those knocked out in one person, that to me, if I had a bunch of money, would be worth about two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for sure. Live from the Hall of Fame city, and just as bad as NFL officiating. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. 
9 a.m. is New Turk Tuesday. New stuff from Ace Freely, part of that. Walking on the moon. Yeah, Ace is leaning into that spaceman character thing. I guess if it ain't broke. Although, can we call that not broke? I don't know. I guess we'll get there. 9 a.m. New Turk Tuesday. Had been talking about splurging because money got brought up a few times because there's a uh, new dating app called score and you got to have a uh, credit score of at least 675 to belong to the site. Now they're not going to pass off your information to anybody else. They claim. Okay. Um, But what they are going to do is set a baseline, right? And they say, you know, finances are part of life. And uh, so they break up relationships a lot. Finances can, right? It's normally lack of communication, lack of intimacy and financial issues are the top three. Right now, a bunch of you just went, God, I'm pretty sure I got all three of those going on in my life right now. That's probably a bad sign, right? That's probably a bad sign. We've been talking about it. Because those same people were asked, well, if you were going to splurge, if you were to become rich, like what would you splurge on, right? Um, somebody said preventative health care was on that list. I saw that. And I was talking about how most people kind of go to the doctor when the check engine light's on. Like, man, I don't feel great. Time to go to the doctor. Preventative medicine, I don't hear a lot of people talk about that, you know. Um, and I said, look, I'm guilty here. My mom worked for a doctor when I was a kid, but she didn't. My mom had a healthy fear of the doctor, not of the science of it, right? Not like, oh my God, we need to pray away this. And it wasn't that. It's, you know, she was afraid of pain and and things like that. Um, And my brother and I kind of inherited it. You know, my dad, not so much, but my brother and I kind of picked that up from my mother. And I was kind of talking about that. And Chris texted in 3304507625. He's like, buddy. You got to get to the doctor once a year for the checkup, right? I mean, should I? Well, sure. Will I? No. No. And I said, look, this is going to sound more morbid than it is. Because it's not morbid. But like, I don't care if I die. Now, I want you to understand what I mean. I don't want to die today. I don't find myself going, I'm so miserable, just take me off the planet. No, I had been like that for a very long time. As a matter of fact, you might even be able to say, I spent the bulk of my life feeling that way. I don't anymore. But I also do not have the same appreciation of life that other people have. Which is silly, I should. I've got a great life. I've got life by the balls. Good job, pays well. Everywhere I go, people tell me they like it. Hot girlfriend, money, (laughs) bought a house. I mean, dude, I honestly, dude, I've been killing it recently. (laughs) Like, absolutely killing it. And it's still like, eh. (laughs) Like, there's just part of that. I think it's, you know, not to make everybody sad, but I think there's, you know, part of the trauma as the kid. It's kind of just kind of shades you. It's like when your parents die. It's like, does it, is it Christmas? Is it really? Not really. Right? The holidays kind of become different after that. It's kind of like a similar thing there. Um, but it's, so it's not morbid. It's just, I don't care. I I care about the people who will be left behind, who will miss me. I care about that. I don't care about not being able to squeeze an extra minute out of life or any, not even a little, because if I did, I wouldn't spend most of my time wasting it the way I do laying around watching this the third time, watching that again, doing this tomorrow. I'm going to get on that. And then I never do. And then I never do. So if it was really about maxing, maxing out more life, I would already be doing that. 
Now, I guess maybe if you knew you were going to die, kicks into high gear. It's been at the center of like only a thousand movies, right? So that would be true of me too. A little squad car religion there. So fair enough. I could see that. Um, but should I do more preventative maintenance on the body, see the doctors more often? Yes. Uh, I'll tell you, a doctor I need to see right now is the eye doctor. Like, it's all day, every day, these glasses on, off, on, off, can't see. What am I going to do? And then when the sun's out, it's like, all right, walk into the grocery store with the sunglasses on, but have your reading glasses in your pocket because you can't see a label. And so, like, back, and so what I should just do, just go to the doctor. Get a pair of contacts already or get just a standard pair of glasses already that's not on and off all damn day. But, nah, tomorrow I'll get to it, man. Tomorrow. So I was kind of talking about what I would splurge my money on is personal chef slash um, personal trainer, right? If I could get two in one there, that would be worth a lot of money to me. I see a lot of people talking about an assistant. I don't, I'm lucky here. My, my, my life is busy, but not so busy that I'm like, man, I got to get this off my plate and have somebody else handle that. Now, part of that is, is because a lot of my business is handled other people's jobs. It's their job to handle part of my business. Like there's an entire group of people in the other side of the building listening right now. They're called salespeople. It's their job to handle 85% of my business. So a lot of what my business, I don't have to handle. Somebody else gets paid to literally to handle that. So if that weren't true, I would find a, an assistant much more valuable. My assistant's going to be laying around going, dude, why does this dude masturbate this many times a week? We might have an issue here. Five shows a week, homie never mentions this. Like, really? This he doesn't get into? I feel like this should be highlighted a little bit more. And, uh, and so, like, an assistant would be a waste for me. We'll dig money back up on tomorrow's program. I got to get you into Creed now. And Creed's bringing three doors down. Wolfgang Van Halen, part of that show, Finger 11 2. Caller 12, you're getting in. 330 It's toll free at 800 243 7625. And New Tour Tuesday starts next on Rock 1069. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.